Pine Pile, 7 o'clock. It is a B-team edition of the Jim Davis Show, Buckeye and Baked Goods. Jim takes a lot of vacation because he gets a lot of vacation. He is off today. He is back tomorrow for the rest of the week. And because of that, I am not. I will be (laughs) off the rest of the week. The consistent part of the week is you, sir, over in the sidecar. That's me. We call him Tired Franzen, Elton Yawn, among other things. Yeah, Tired Franzen is making a uh, very... He's making a Tuesday appearance, huh? Let's just say there's a reason the coffee size is a venti today and not a grande. I don't know what that means. Venti is the largest of the three sizes. I refuse to have to break a 20. That's fair. To buy a drink. That's fair. So I don't blame you, but it was either this or somebody would die. Yeah, it could have been well, me. Probably you behind the sleep of the wheel right. of the vehicular that you drive on. I mean, you probably wouldn't die. You might get into a little fender bender. You're not a high-speed mover. And I have enough muscle memory of this commute. <laughs> to, you laugh. You laugh. Is it, is it muscle memory or just memory? Because I don't have any muscles either. It's it's not. I mean, it's a little bit of both. This is what you're saying is this is the one commute you can make in your sleep. Uh, and I've actually had dreams about driving in my sleep, which uh, is probably a little uncanny. Mm-hmm. Might need to talk to someone about that. Probably a little terrifying when you wake up to realize you're actually in the car. <laughs> <laughs> no, the no, the worst is when. When it's when I'm dreaming, I'm in my car, and like I know it's my car, mm-hmm. but I go to do something like you know turn the lights on or see and you know move, and it, and I yeah. can't do anything, and it's like what? And then so like I feel like kind of trapped, and that's when I realize, oh, this is a dream. Yeah. Uh, n- speaking of nightmares and cars, I did take mine to the shop yesterday. Uh oh. Which is fine. Like I scheduled an oil change and some other things. Oh, I got to do that too. The nightmare is I have a little broken piece on my visor. Since I'm not going to be here for wine about a Wednesday, I'm taking advantage. Today. Here we go. There's a little piece of my visor, the little bar that hooks into the, the hook that anchors it up and out of your view. Okay. The place where I took my car, which is the certified mechanic dealer of my brand of vehicle mm-hmm. wanted $358 for the piece. Not even. Is this piece made out of vibranium or something? I have no idea. Like, and and it can't, I cannot imagine it's that big. Like, we're not talking like replacing an entire no, like it's not replacing the entire roof of the car. It but $358 to replace that thing. And I said, "No, sir. No. I will go to a junkyard if I have to. I don't blame or you. Or the junkyard of the internet, eBay, or right. Amazon if I have to." I was going to say eBay has their own like entire automotive yeah. division now. Yeah, they have eBay Motors or eBay Auto or whatever it's called. But it's, yeah, it was Motors. It was uh, a little jarring to the system. So uh, that now was how, my complaint. How vital? Like, is your windscreen gonna just pop right off? 
if no. you don't have this piece installed? No, this is the visor that flips down to block oh, your the, eye. Oh, okay. So this is all that is, uh, right? Okay. Like I'm it is idiot. not like the windshield. Although that's cracked, but that's not neither here nor there. Because like three hundred. This bucks is the visor. Three hundred fifty-eight dollars. Three hundred and fifty-eight dollars for a piece of the wind of the mm-hmm. of the visor. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. No, I'm good. I don't. I that no. Yeah, it was. It was a mess. It was a mess there. I on bet, that receipt. I'm like, mm, I bet no you. Thanks. I bet you right now I could go on, like you said, eBay Motors. My or mother-in-law Amazon. found one on Amazon for 25 bucks. There you go. There you go. So I just right need there. to figure out how to take the old one off and put the new one on without damaging the vehicle. You know what? I can all but guarantee you there's a YouTube video. I'm it. pretty sure there is probably, yeah. Because I watched a YouTube video on how to replace the headlight in my car once. Mm-hmm. Now... Did it take two people and almost an hour to do so? Yes. Yeah. Did it? That's fine though. Did it happen for much cheaper than it would have been for me to take it to a shop? One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And also last night we had uh, my wife's nephews, so my nephews' Christmas concert. Right. Not gonna out their school because that's kind of unfair. But they held it at Central High School last night. Their elementary school kids. Okay. The concert very cute. Adorable, you know, the children singing, dancing, Christmas songs, the whole Christmas songs, regular songs. It was adorable. No, the routine organization was a disaster. Oh, God, just absolute unmitigated disaster. Trying to parents and grandparents and family members and more butts than seats. And yeah, it was it was a mess. And by the time they finally got to like the third and fourth graders, the way they had Infill and exfill the uh, school children was three different tri- three different ways. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, it was it was a mess last night, but it was fun. It was cute. Didn't get a chance to put a whole lot of eyeballs on football or basketball or hockey, but I kind of have a solid idea of what went on, which leads us into what's happening. Yes, what's happening. Brought to you by our friends over at ComWest. They are your technology partner. Helping business owners grow their businesses by providing quality, reliable, personalized technological solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Give them a call at 970-242-8142 or uh, shoot them an email, info at comwestcorp.com. Monday night football last night on the Team Sports Network. We picked the second game, which we'll get to in a little bit. Turned out both games were pretty good. As it turns out, both games were pretty good. And this game was the New York Giants defeating the Green Bay Packers thanks to Tommy DeVito setting up the Giants. Mod on. DeVito's in the gun, his own 46, second down and one shotgun snap, pocket crumbles, one pass, far side, caught over the shoulder. It's at the 35 and down the sideline, the 30. Robinson running down that far sideline, caught the ball in stride, gets to the Green Bay 23. 32-yard catch and run. What a throw by DeVito. Kevin Harlan absolutely beside himself. As Tommy, don't call me Danny DeVito, which I did twice last night, leads the Giants to a 24-22 win over the Packers. 
texting with my Packers fan, Chris, this morning, who is very upset and beside himself. But when you have the 31st-ranked defense out of 32 teams in run yards allowed, and then you allow the New York Giants to run for over 200 yards as a team, you're probably not going to win that game. Probably not. Saquon Barkley ran for 86. He's going to do that. Also punched in a couple of uh, touchdowns as well. Tommy DeVito, 10 carries, 71 yards. Yeah, Mr. DeVito. It for a like... guy who took Terod Taylor. Terod Taylor's got the worst luck of anybody, man. It's, it's Every awful. time he gets hurt, somebody takes his job. And he never, he's been Wally Pipped five <laughs> times. One time because he was almost murdered. That's true. You know, and that's yeah. He had his lung deflated by a team doctor. And And here we go, Justin Herbert, baby. And Justin Herbert. Now you've got the legend of of Tommy DeVito. Yeah, straight out of. And actually, we've got a a, (laughs) we've got a bit from Soundcheck coming up in just a little bit. It's not just that Tommy DeVito and family are straight out of central casting. Oh yeah, for (laughs) for a Sopranos reboot. His agent. His looks, agent looks like he was the fourth Beastie Boy. His agent is just saying. His agent looks like he's like auditioning for you know Goodfellas Part Two or something. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. So we'll, Tommy DeVito, seventeen of twenty one, one fifty eight, and a touchdown last night in the Giants' win. They're five and eight. They're not out of it. Packers are six and seven. Jordan Love, 25 of 39, 218, a touchdown interception. They they ran the ball for 123 yards, too. But they were not able to get it done. Other game we had last night was the Tennessee Titans deep in the heart of Florida, taking on the Miami Dolphins. And this game was kind of low scoring. I think it was 13-10, headed to the fourth quarter. Then Will Levi's... Led the Titans on two scoring drives, the second of which capped off by King Henry. Levis out of the gun to his left in the backfield is Henry. Three receivers to the left. Marks out the signals. Plenty of time on the play clock. 153 to play. Takes the snap. Hands it off to Henry. Running to his left. Stiff arms his way to the goal line. He dives forward. He's in. Touchdown, Titans. Titans score. That is Tom McCarthy. On Westwood One and the Team Sports Network last night, Tua, 23 of 33, 240, and uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Raheem Mostert, 21 carries, 96 yards, scored twice. Tyreek Hill got hurt and then got uh, dogged by his wife at halftime, apparently, and uh, he finished with four catches for 61 yards. He hurt his ankle, came off the field under his own power, and then at the half, he texts his wife. He's like, this hurts. I am going to need a foot massage tonight. And she's like, you better get back out there. <laughs> I don't blame her. I'm not a feet person either. I'm not Rex Ryan. And so she, he goes back out there, and they're just not quite able to get it done. Will Levis, 23 of 38, 321, a touchdown and an interception. Derrick Henry scored twice on 34 yards rushing. Wow. He had 17 carries for 34 yards with a long of six. Hmm. So he had 16 carries for 28 yards outside of that long rush. Levis, four for 11, or four for 15, rather. DeAndre Hopkins, seven catches, 124 yards, and a tutty. 
as Tennessee improves to five and eight. Dolphins fall to nine and four. So we filled up a whole segment yesterday on the NFL playoff standings. And right now, Miami's still the number two seed. They're a game up on Kansas City, but they're not able to pull even with Baltimore. That game looms even larger now coming up in three weeks. Ravens hosting the Dolphins. Let's see. On New Year's Eve. Ooh. Yeah. Ringing in the new year with a loss to the Dolphins, Ravens. Come on. Sorry, Petey. Not, not sorry. Uh, for the Tennessee Titans, they have a stranglehold on 15th place in the AAFC. There are two games up on the Patriots who are last, but the Titans are last out of all the other teams. There's three, four, five, and eights, the Chargers, the Raiders, the Jets, and the Titans. The Green Bay Packers are now still the seven seed in the NFC playoffs at the six and seven mark. The New York Giants move up to the number 12 spot, a game back of the Saints, Falcons, Seahawks, Rams, Packers, Schmaz at six and seven. So the Giants, you're telling me there's a chance for Tommy DeVito, baby, to get into the playoffs. There's no chance because they play the Eagles twice in the next four weeks. So sorry Mm. about that. Although the Jets beat the Eagles this year. So not saying I'm just saying. We move on to the ice. You got a little, do you have the abs music for me? If you could, please. I can find it here in three, two. Yes. The Colorado Avalanche snapped a two-game losing streak. They rediscovered their winning ways. Monday night, 6-5, come from behind win at Ball Arena. The Avs trailed 5-3. Alexander Georgiev, see ya. He got yanked. Prospetov got put in in his place, and the Avs are able to come back with a three-spot in the third. Ross Colton, Miko Rantanen, which we'll get into that in a second, and Nathan McKinnon uh, in the span of four minutes and ten seconds, and Avs head coach Jared Bednar says, when they stray, stay within their core principles, things usually go in their favor. should give our team belief to know that when you're doing certain things like pushing and reloading and getting above pucks, and we returned a lot of pucks back in the neutral zone back on, and we got rewarded for it eventually, and it wasn't easy. That should give us belief that we're able to do that if we do it the right way. The Avs are back on home ice tomorrow night when they host Buffalo. I believe that right here on the Team Sports Network. Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray, Julian Strother all crossed the 20-point threshold. And the Denver Nuggets snapped a three-game losing streak. 129-122 winners in Atlanta Monday. The Hawks outscored the Nuggets in the first quarter. Nuggets second and third. Then the Hawks nearly came all the way back in the fourth as well, which head coach Michael Malone says is is a predictable trait the Nuggets need to shake. You know, it wasn't the prettiest of wins. As I was sitting there on the bench late, I could hear my father in my ear. My father said, you guys are just so predictable. You get a big lead, you stop doing what worked, and you give the lead right back. So I hear you, Dad. Luckily, we, we were able to pull the win out tonight. Denver is 15-9 on the season. They head to Chicago to take on the Bulls. You can hear that game tonight on the Team Sports Network starting at 5 30 and that is what's happening brought to you by our friends over at comwest oh oh one more thing i forgot to throw into what's happening shohei otani's contract details are starting to leak out 700 million dollars but but 
680 is deferred for a decade. How is that even fair? His salary reportedly is going to be $2 million for the first 10 years. And then $68 million for the next years. Which is still not nothing, but like, I don't know. If I'm Shoy Otani, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, wait a minute. You promised me $700 million, and but you're only going to give me 40, no, $20 million of that now. See, now for me, I don't even think that is making Shohei Otani a blink because he has to agree to that. Right. It's either his idea or he okayed it. He can't come back now and be like, hey, we agreed on seven. You're not. No, he has to agree to that. Like, they can't just defer it. It's got to be signed by both parties, pen to paper. The thing for me is, like, they signed him for $70 million per year, but, oh, we're going to we're gonna Bobby Bonilla this. And I'm saving that to four-down territory later on. Shohei, Bobby Bonilla, and the deferments. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit. How is that even fair, though? Right? Like, for luxury tax, competitive balance tax purposes. How is that even fair? Like... They're getting, they're getting the most unicorn of unicorns in Major League Baseball history for less money than Austin Hedges signed for officially yesterday. Right. Shohei's getting $2 million per year. Austin Hedges is getting $4 million per year. It's literally show me the money. <laughs> it is show me the money in my 40s. They should do it. You know what? Just screw it. If you're going to do that, $5 million a year for the next 140 years. Or how, whatever the, the math turns out to be. Yeah, 140 years. I think that's right. Sure. So, yeah, let's do that. If baseball is even a sport in 140 years. Yeah. If life on planet Earth is even in 140 years. My great-great-grandchildren will not have to work because of the lottery deferment money that you're going to be getting. I just don't even know. Don't even know how that is fair for Major League Baseball. That's the report out yesterday that Shohei Otani is getting $68 million per year deferred. Anyway. Not even sure how that happens. Anyway, that's what's happening. It's a B-team edition of the Jim Davis Show, Buckeye and Baked Goods for you. Today, we have a busy day. It's Mav Day coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. We'll talk to... Uh, both basketball head coaches, Mike George, Taylor Wagner, about their respective sweeps last weekend and heading to Alamosa coming up on Friday. Also, the men going to Sin City, baby. They're going to be playing in Las Vegas. Also, we'll talk with uh, Mickey Winder. The swim and dive team have um, some swimmers and divers of the week in the RMAC. They also participated in the TYR Invitational. Uh, a few weeks ago, had very nice showing there. Yes. Also, they have a UNLV meet coming up at the start of next week or this weekend. Probably should look that up definitively. But we'll talk with Mickey Winter coming up back half of the 9 o'clock hour. We have pole dancing today. Since there's no real college football to speak of, we're going to go top five NFL. Okay. Top five college hoops. Okay. And your top five non-quarterback MVPs in the NFL. Okay. You with me? You follow? I got you. So 
not Russell Wilson. Well, he wasn't probably going to be in the running for quarterback MVP anyway, so. But not the quarterback. So no Mahomes, no Lamar no Jackson. Mahomes, no Joe Flacco. Flacco. None of that. Um, although you could probably put Mac Jones in here because he's not a quarterback. <laughs> Sorry, that's not fair. Uh, but like your Tyreeks, your Christian McCaffrey's, TJ Watt, if you want to go that route. Your top five non-quarterback MVPs in the NFL. So you can get that in to us at uh, the Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. You can call that in. You can text that in. You can participate in the program here on the uh, Jim Davis Show, a B-Team edition. That's coming up in uh, the 8 o'clock hour. We'll have Stadium Cinema, our Broncos report uh, with Mile High Sports' Cody Rourke, brought to you by Gallagher's Flooring and Modern Classic Motors. That's coming up in about an hour here in just about an hour. And uh, we'll have more. Our college uh, sports insider, Wyatt Thompson coming up in about 25 minutes. We'll dive deeper into the Avs and Nuggets wins last night and Miko Rantanen and <laughs> Arturi Lekkonen's dad. <laughs> if you don't know, it's just a couple of lines in but, the Post article last night. But. But, oh, it's juicy. <laughs> we'll have that coming up for you. It's the Jim Davis Show B-Team Edition on the Team Sports Network. First of all, it's hilarious. Warp twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. The Jim Davis Show, B-Team Edition, Buckeye and Baked Goods with you here on a Tuesday. Get your thoughts in on the Chick-fil-A text line, the phone line, both numbers 970-242-1340. The Avs winning last night at home at Ball Arena. And they, uh, it didn't look promising. It wasn't very easy. Early. It wasn't easy. Didn't look very promising as the Avs prevail by a score of 6-5, to five, but... Scoring got started in the first period by an old familiar face. Nazem Kadri. 13.46 left. Tomas Tatarsas uh, tied it up at one apiece. Kale McCarr gave the Avs their first lead. And then four out of the next five goals were netted by the Flames. The Avs, yeah. The Avs went to the third down 5-3. Then, in the span of four minutes and ten seconds, Ross Colton, Miko Ranton, and Nathan McKinnon all scoring for the Avalanche, and they win six to five. Alexander Georgiev, not good, to quote Brady Hoke. He was uh, five goals allowed on seven on 22 shots and gave way to Ivan Prosvitov going to the third period. And a shutout by uh, Prosvitov allows the Avs to win by a score of 6-5. to five. Here's some Jared Bednar post-Flames win. Potentially. A couple plays that we quit checking on and just got a little um, complacent, lazy, you know, had some poor decisions. 
it costs us, and that's the way our game's kind of been going here recently. Like, too many of those, and tonight there wasn't a lot, but it just seems like when you're in a funk that they're going to capitalize on them. So we have to try to be as relentless with our checking habits as we possibly can, but it should give our team belief to know that when you're doing certain things like pushing and reloading and getting above pucks, like we returned a lot of pucks back in the neutral zone back on Calgary tonight, and we got rewarded for it eventually, and it wasn't easy. So it's not easy to score in this league, right? Period. Against anybody. So we did a nice job of it tonight. We got a lot of goals. So that should give us belief that we're able to do that if we do it the right way. Bednar says he also feels, and the team did, that even though they were down five goals to three, they were still outplaying the Flames. Like, listen, I liked a lot of our game tonight. First period, parts of the second. I felt like we quit checking on a couple plays in the second and they capitalized on every chance they got or almost every chance they got um but at the on the flip side of that i like the rhythm of our game tonight the things we were doing and i just kind of felt like if we ramped it up another notch and made sure that we were relentless in with our checking habits that we'd have an opportunity i don't think there was a major shift except for our back was against the wall and we had no choice but to do it for 20 minutes and that last 20 minutes included sitting Georgiev and putting in Ivan Prospetov we had some bad breakdowns a handful but they capitalized on all of them whether it was to spark our team try to get a save when we needed it it wasn't coming from Gorgie tonight which is okay it happens but I just felt like we couldn't stay the same so we discussed it talked to UC, coaches got together, made the decision, then he went in there. So the Avs are back home at Ball Arena tomorrow night taking on Buffalo. Now, this comes to us from the Denver Post. (laughs) And uh, Corey Massasak, I believe that's how you say his name, I've only seen it written. Mikko Rantanen had some comments after the game. Uh Uh-oh. Arturi Lekin and Mr. Excitement, his dad, Ismo is a hockey analyst for Yale? Sure. Yale? Y-L-E, a national media outlet in Finland. Lekkonen Sr. was quoted in a story Monday morning connecting Rantanen's recent slump to a bad offseason. And here's what Miko Rantanen had to say. (laughs) And one thing I love about athletes, as English is their second language, is they know all of the curse words. Right. It's so fantastic. One of our Finnish players, Finnish NHL players' dad was talking expletive about me in the media that I didn't train last summer like I used to. He was making things up. That was for him. If you talk expletive, it's going to come back at you. That's it. That's all they put in the story about it. But I'm so fascinated because it's not just that, well, this is the dad of a player in the league. Of a teammate. It's not just that the player and you are countrymen right he's also your nhl teammate it's his dad how awkward is that going to be this morning if arturi lekanen shows up for treatment and here's the here's the other thing too you know holidays are coming up Mm -hmm. does ismo come into town for finnish christmas or 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 is do Arturi Lekkonen and Miko Rantanen share a flight 
together? Are they travel buddies when they go back to Finland? And now that's probably <laughs> that's yeah. That trip's ruined. You sit. Anybody you want to change seats? Yes. Yes, please. I do. Please. Sir, so, would you, sir, would you like to <laughs> move to the emergency exit row? Yes, please. Who's first? Who makes the first move? Rantanen or Arturi Lekkonen? Like, Oof. is it, hey, I understand you and your dad are different. That's Rantanen. Or is it, since I can't punch your dad, can I punch you? Or is it Lekkonen saying, my dad's opinions are my dad's opinions? And he didn't get anything from me. Or is it Lekkonen saying that's exactly where he got it because you didn't train hard enough? If I'm Arturi Lekkonen, I'm saying my Mr. old man, Excitement. my old man's crazy. My old man is saying things about a respected, beloved teammate, the Moose. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he's getting it from. I, if I am Arturi Lekkonen, I am distancing myself. <laughs> From my father's opinions as fast as I can. Yeah. And I I very much like not, you know, <laughs> not taking sides in something like this if I don't have to. Right. My dad's a grown-ass man at that point, and Miko is also a grown-ass man as the fact he's like 6'5", 211 billion pounds. If I'm Arturi Lekkonen, I go... My name's Paul. That's between y'all. <laughs> this he comes up to me and be like, you know what? You know, hey, check the quotes. It doesn't say Arturi Lekkonen. At that point, I'm out. I I think we actually we have audio of Arturi Lekkonen's reaction. Nice. Let's have it. Papa! <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he did did one of those and he said, No, señor! No, señor! No, señor! It's Finnish. Sounds weirdly very like Latin. Spanish. Yeah, not as strange. Not, I didn't expect as, it to sound like that. Not as Scandinavian as we it thought. Did, yeah. Uh, also, the Ball Arena brethren were in the town where was it Calgary uh, initially founded. Uh, Atlanta, Hot Atlanta. Is that true, or am I just making up random sports? Um, things? I think. I don't Atlanta, know a whole the, lot of things. Because the Atlanta Thrashers. Atlanta Thrashers, sorry. There was, no, the they, Atlanta Flames, 1972. Look at you. Yes. Look at you. That's just a long roundabout way to say I know random things. And the Nuggets were in Atlanta taking on the Hawks. Nuggets came out, played uh, pretty poorly in the first quarter as they were down, what was it, eight points? something like that in after the first quarter. Then they outscored the Hawks in the middle two quarters, 73 to 52 to take a nice big lead and then gave it all, almost all of it back in the fourth quarter. They ended up winning by a score of 129-122. Nikola Jokic, much better shooting night for the Joker. He was, what, 18 of 58 over the three-game losing streak? Not Oof. good. Not good. 25 points. Nine assistances, eight rebounds for the Joker in 36 minutes. But more importantly, nine of 13 from the field. Jamal Murray, 12 of 15. He had 29 points. Julian Strother, 22 points off the bench for the Nuggets. Aaron Gordon, also 7 of 10. Starters, except for Michael Porter Jr. and KCP. So Gordon, Jokic, Murray. They were pretty good. Between the three of them, they were outstanding. 28 
for 38 That's pretty from good. the field. That's pretty good for the three of them. And the Nuggets win 129 to 122. Yeah, really careless, sloppy. Uh, five turnovers, 11 points in that fourth quarter. And uh, I don't think it was just to close the fourth quarter. I even thought early in the fourth quarter, we, we were playing almost like we were behind. Playing in a rush, forcing things that maybe weren't there. And I think you have to have some discipline there to, to, to execute, work for the best shot, and not speed yourself up. Um, so, you know, when you lose three in a row, uh, you'll take a win. And we needed one, especially on the road where we struggled this year. So uh, I applaud our guys' effort. I thought the defense was outstanding. I thought we dominated the paint. Um, you know, but as you mentioned, we had 16 turnovers for 25 points, and five of 11 of those came in the fourth quarter. And obviously, Bogdanovich had a big night. You know, we, we gave him 10 threes. Um, and we have to be better in terms of shutting down a guy who's got it going uh, like he had tonight. Absolutely. Fourth quarter was just atrocious for about seven and a half minutes. They started the fourth. Actually, after Reggie Jackson's bucket, they were up 19 in the fourth and still only won by seven. But nice play off the bench by Julian Strother. And he had both offensive play and was really good on the defensive end. He just got defensive player of the game. And uh, he had five steals, five deflections. And to your point, everybody's going to look at the fact he was 6'11 and 3, 22 points. But uh, his activity, not being hugged up, being in the right position, helping and uh, forcing turnovers where we can get out and run. Uh, So, yeah, I I thought Julian was outstanding on both ends of the floor tonight. And, you know, that's uh, that's so encouraging. We need Julian and and nights like tonight um, help his uh, continued development and maturation. So Strother had a good game off the bench, and the second unit had a good game as well, according to the head coach, Michael Malone. No disrespect to those guys, but if we're, if we're going to count on that unit to out-execute everybody in the half court, that can make for some, um, some long minutes. Uh, that group has to be a defensive-minded group, a, a group that attacks in transition, gets out and runs, put pressure on the opposing team. And uh, I think we had some pretty good examples of that tonight with that group. So... Um, you know, it wasn't the prettiest of wins. As I was sitting there on the bench late, I could hear my father in my ear. For nine years now, my father said, you guys are just so predictable. You get a big lead, you stop doing what worked, and you give the lead right back. So I hear you, Dad. And uh, luckily, we, we were able to pull the win out tonight. And uh, we can watch film tomorrow morning uh, before turning the page to Chicago and learn from it. Nuggets at Chicago tonight on the team sports network we have our uh big 12 insider wyatt thompson on the way that is coming up after sound check ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention i've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story and i need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen so last night monday night football giants packers mr Tommy DeVito. And his family, uh, the subject of many a laugh, uh, and and uh, Tommy DeVito's agent as well. This is both main uh, Monday Night Football cast, Joe Buck, Trey Aikman, and Manning cast talking about Mr. Sean Stellato is his name, the agent for Tommy DeVito. Turnover by Keyshawn Nixon, family section, and his agent. This guy, the agent may break the internet. What the heck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> they having kisses everywhere. Let's watch Tommy DeVito's celebration, though. 
or just the yeah. DeVito family. Yeah. No, no, there's Slimy. Slimy's in there. I'm telling oh, yeah. you. This is this is more than the Chiefs family <laughs> section. I'm not gonna. He's got a I'm chain. not gonna name any names, but but you know, I mean, this is this is taking over, taking over the Chiefs family the suite. So, let's. Uh, he can never. That agent Dolphins can game. never go to a game now and not be dressed like Al Capone. I mean, for yeah, the rest of yeah. his career representing players, yeah. he's got to dress like Al Capone every game now to keep up his reputation. <laughs> that was Kirk Cousins, by the way, at the end there. Of course, of course, Kirk is Kirk Cousins. And, of course, Kirk Cousins would notice the chain that he was wearing, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. He looked definitely like he was the fourth Beastie Boy last night. So great. With the, the hat and the jacket. I was waiting for him to roll out in a big pair of oversized, untied Adidas. I'm totally waiting. I'm sorry if that's stereotyping, but I'm also not sorry because if you saw a picture of him, you're nodding right now in your car or in your kid. You're like, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And nailed it. Yep. That's him. Yep. Like I tell my wife, I am at my best when I'm talking other people's appearance. <laughs> so we'll take a break. Come back with more. Our Big 12 insider, Wyatt Thompson, on the way. We're going to get the burning question of the day. What's Wyatt Thompson's favorite Pop-Tart? We'll tie that into an actual reason for talking Pop-Tarts coming up next. Also, don't look now, but the best basketball conference in the nation is going to get so much better next year. It's the Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group, 16 members. Some call it a fan page. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking college football with the team's insider, Wyatt Thompson, on the Jim Davis Show. Yes, and we do make way for the team's college football and basketball insider, our friend, the voice of the K-State Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Good morning, Wyatt. How are things in Manhattan, Kansas this morning? Well, going okay. How about you guys? Oh, not too bad. It's, you know, a little chilly, but dry. We'll take dry and cold as long as it's not (laughs) dumping a foot of snow on us. Right, exactly. Yeah, we had about a six and a half inch snow here. Oh, I guess it's been a couple of weeks ago now, but we've been pretty dry other than that. And it's um, it's coolish, but not real cold. So I, I can live with that. I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's hop right into it. Jaden Daniels is your Heisman Trophy winner. I think we're kind of all on the same page that with LSU's record, we were a little surprised that it would be Daniels. Now, he has the individual resume, but I didn't know if they would give it to a three-loss quarterback, and they ended up doing that on Saturday. Well, that's an exceptional point from my perspective because I think if you look down through the years, at least through my experience, I think you probably, not that it's unprecedented, but I think more times than not, you're talking about maybe the most valuable player on a really, really pretty good football team. I'm not saying LSU wasn't that, but a three-loss team is a little bit rare. It's a good point. But you know, we were just at LSU for basketball on Saturday, and I had a chance to visit with some of the people down there prior to our game. And it was amazing. You know, the students are gone in fairness, but they didn't have much atmosphere. But they weren't into the basketball game so much. It was all about, is Jalen Daniels going to win the Heisman Trophy tonight? And um, when you study the numbers, and you're right about that, um, it's pretty eye-popping. Responsible is an example for 50 
50 touchdowns in 2023. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, 50, 50 is a lot. I just thought that, you know, the way that Michael Penix was able to guide his team to a conference championship, what Bo Nix was able to do. I mean, they're all transfers, so it doesn't, it's not like it's a, you know, kind of a career achievement award for Jane Daniels, but that, it is hard to get past that number 50 touchdowns. Well, it is, and he's a dynamic runner. Uh, there's no doubt about that, which uh, puts him in pretty elite company to go along with the way he can spin it. Um, it, it I, I think we could probably sit here and, and analyze this for a long, long time, but a lot of years, too, not only from what I said before, is it a very, very fine player on a really good team, but those numbers are important to, to those voters across the country. Um, and, and I think if you look at the next two guys in line, both Pac-12 quarterbacks, Bo Nix and Michael Penix, their numbers were really good, too. And you could argue better teams. But again, maybe at the end of the day, it is all about those numbers, right? Yeah. And that's I, what it seems like to me. Yeah, I, I kind of got the feeling also that the slug slug match that was the Pac-12 championship game maybe took votes from either Nix or Penix and it's kind of like, all right, I can't decide between the two of them and allowed Jalen Daniels. Well, like they got a ton of first place votes. I think Jaden kind of ended up running away with it. If you just look at the final first place vote total, but right. I, I was a little, little surprised still about Jane Daniels. You're right. We could chop this up for years and years and there's probably 30 or 40 of them. If you go down through the hundred, hundred, almost years, Heisman, you're like, <laughs> well, did that guy really, I, I don't know. Right. Football is almost done. You guys got one game left. You're off to the uh, Pop-Tart Bowl in Orlando. So pressing question, what's Wyatt Thompson's favorite Pop-Tart? Well, that is a pressing question. I have been asked that several times in interviews. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess the simple answer for me uh, is strawberry. I've always been a strawberry Pop-Tarts guy. But if I'm being honest, that was many years ago when I was a kid. I probably haven't had a Pop-Tart since I was in my teens. So it's been a while. Been a little I'm bit. I guess that they'll probably have us partake in a little bit of that when we get to Orlando. Our game is on December 28th, so that's probably more than you wanted to know. But I, I would say Strawberry 1 yeah. and Blueberry 2. I saw one last night I didn't realize. I went out to eat with a, a couple last night, and he had... A banana bread Pop-Tart. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. No, I have not. And I think yeah. I'm a pass on that one. I'm a maple and brown sugar guy. My taste buds have matured over oh, the years. Like, you sound like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> do. the way my dad would be, yeah. I do like the strawberry. Those are really good. Uh, another thing going on right now, Transfer Portal is open. I know my team, Ohio State, feels like if you started last year, you're in the transfer portal. That's just kind of my knee-jerk reaction about it. How does K-State look post-portal opening right now? Have you got a kind of a – doesn't seem like there's a mass exodus, but I'm sure there's a few guys coming in and out. Well, there's probably more than normal, but I, I think we were all expecting that. Um, we're, we're in a unique situation here, I think, for K-State in that we had a very veteran quarterback in Will Howard who had been here quite some time. Still had a year of eligibility remaining, uh, but did graduate in December and decided to get into the portal. I think we were expecting him to either do that and make quite a bit of money or try to, to get into the pro game and make quite a bit of money. Uh, he did go in. Uh, we also had two really good young quarterbacks go in, and Adrian Laura 
um, and Jake Rubley. And Rubley, it was announced yesterday, has uh, accepted an offer from Illinois State. So he's somewhat transferring down. But we also have a, a high four-star uh, true freshman here in Avery Johnson who uh, needs to play. And I think that's why Will moved on. So it's been unique. At least up to a certain point, but I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna do radio for the K State bowl game in Orlando, but I'm also gonna do national radio for the Utah Northwestern game in Las Vegas. And I tell you, studying these teams, it is very difficult to keep up with it. I mean, I, I've seen teams with as many as 21 or 22 players in the portals. Most of them are in that range of 15 to 18 to 19. It's becoming just uh, crazy, to be honest. What, I guess I'll finish with this thought. I, I think most of the stuff that we were expecting was pretty okay until yesterday. K-State lost the starting safety in Kobe Savage, who's been a starter here for two years. And that one really surprised people. So well, maybe let me add one more, too. Okay, I mentioned that, that game in Vegas. I actually put two quarterbacks on my depth chart, my flip chart, uh, yesterday morning and found out yesterday afternoon both are in the portal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's a little scrambling going on trying to get ready to do some games here, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a fun game. I think I will be, we'll have a chance to chop it up maybe a little bit more next week about those particular yeah. games. But I mean, Northwestern's in a bowl game after the way their summer went. That, that wasn't oh, a guarantee for sure. And Utah, you'll see them up close uh, for the next few years in the Big 12, both basketball and football. And we take a look. The teams coming in from the Pac-12 on the hardwood. Of course, you have top-ranked Arizona. CU, Utah are all 7-2. and two. Arizona State, 6-3. and three. That's just the teams coming in, considering the other top two of the top three are already Big 12 teams you have Houston and Kansas and Baylor and Oklahoma right around the top 10. The best basketball conference in the country is going to be absolutely bonkers going forward next year. Yeah, and you know what else? I would add this, too, for your listeners. Um, I'm hearing that um, we'll find out probably here before the first of the year on whether the Big 12 will add Gonzaga. Uh, wouldn't that be something? That because would be massive. I think you're, oh, it would be crazy. I don't know that I'm necessarily for it or against it. I haven't really thought that much about it. But you said it perfectly, man, because at the end of the day, I mean, think about how good Kansas, Houston, Baylor, Texas, Oklahoma, and then you add those others, Arizona. And did you see what Colorado did to Miami? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo! My goodness. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think there's any question um, – going into next year it would be one of the bigger conferences in the country but also in basketball certainly um probably the best league just in in strength of numbers i was i you mentioned you guys beat lsu the other night and i was looking like k-state's got a nice resume and they're ninth right now in the big 12 it's just going to be absolutely nuts because houston's good baylor kansas is always going to be there and then to add in Arizona, and if they get Gonzaga, if you guys get Gonzaga, you could have your regular season conference champion could have five losses. Yeah, it, yeah, it, at least. Uh, and I know you can't with that many teams play everybody like uh, the old days where you play everybody home and home. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to miss that. And yet, 
Um, you know, Colorado used to be in the Big 12, and I always enjoyed going out there and will again. We play them in football next year, I believe. So it, it, it's changing times, and, you know, with the portal and, and name, image, likeness, I don't know in all of my 47 years in the business, I've seen major college athletics as I'll describe as in much trouble as they are right now in some ways, and yet so popular and such a big deal in others. It's it's really unique. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Wyatt, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week about uh, the bowl game in Vegas and the Pop-Tart Bowl in Orlando. That sounds great. Good talking to you, my friend. All right, Take thanks care. a lot. Wyatt Thompson, voice of the K-State Wildcats, Hour 2 coming up.